You need to build things and then tell people. This is Mega Maker episode 24. I'm continually surprised at the number of really talented people I meet who are creating incredible things, but don't tell anybody about them. Last night, we had geek beers here in my town. We do this once a month. And it's sometimes an opportunity for people to bring something they've created and show it, show it off. And, you know, once you've had a beer or two, you're a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more willing to show your work, even if your work's not complete or finished or perfect. And last night was a great example. One guy built a communications platform on top of XKCD comics. His whole system was crazy and brilliant, and I wanted him to explain it for you on the show, but he wouldn't let me. You position various lights, and depending on the color of the light... Stop recording me. <laughs> Another fellow that was there can create these unbelievable 3D models for virtual reality, which is really kind of blowing up right now, but he hasn't really showed anybody his work. And both these fellows are brilliant, talented makers who would like to dedicate more of their time and energy to their art, to creating new things. But they're missing one crucial ingredient. Actually, they're missing two. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. The first goal of the show has always been to encourage people to make more things. There's way too many of you who go to work every day and spend all of your creative energy there and come home, collapse on the couch, and have nothing left to create something of your own. We live in a culture that encourages creative exhaustion where you give all of your creative energy to the company that employs you and you keep nothing for yourself. So that's always priority number one. I want to help more of you make things. And if you haven't made anything yet, start now. Go to megamaker.co slash challenge and start creating your own stuff. However, if you've already been making things, the next step is to tell people about it. Most creative work cannot exist in a vacuum. The whole intention of making things is for other people to enjoy them. And if you keep them to yourself, if you don't tell anybody about the things you've made, those creations won't achieve their full potential. But I understand. I know why you're scared of sharing the things you've created with the world. I know why the idea of putting yourself out there stresses you out because really you're opening yourself up. You're making yourself vulnerable. People could make fun of that thing you've created. And really, actually, I've I've been thinking a lot about embarrassment and how human beings try to avoid embarrassment at all costs. And it just seems too much to ask to take this thing that we've completely wrapped ourselves into and open it up to scrutiny. But here's the problem with that. If you don't share what you've created, you will not grow. Personal and creative growth comes from being vulnerable, from putting that thing you've created, yeah, and yourself out into the open and opening yourself up to potential scrutiny, but also opening yourself up to allowing other people to enjoy the things you've created. 
Carl Flax has this great blog post called Do Things, Tell People. Here's a quote. You would not believe how much opportunity is out there for those who do things and tell people. You do something interesting and you tell everyone about it. Then you get contacts, business cards, email addresses, you even get job offers, whatever. You make friends who think what you do is cool. You make a name for yourself as the person who did that cool thing. Then the next time someone wants to do something in any way related to that cool thing, they come to you first. So how do you get better at this? You just keep doing things and you keep telling people over and over and over again. You get used to this idea of I'm going to create something and then I'm going to tell some people about it. And you can start small. Just go to a local meetup and show someone something you've created. But then the next step is to maybe write a blog post about it. And maybe you want to take a risk and post it on Reddit or reach out to someone with a bigger audience than you have and say, you know, I think your audience might like this. It's okay to be self-promotional. It really is. It's okay to create something and say, hey, world, I made this. There is nothing wrong with doing that. And you can't control how people are going to respond. Yeah, not everyone might like the thing you've created. It's okay. It's okay because maybe they will. Maybe you'll find some people that really enjoy your work. Practice this. Really, just trust me. Just start with something small, something tiny, and just share it. See what happens. And then do it again and do it again. And just like building up a muscle, it'll eventually get stronger. And it'll just, it will get easier too. Now, the reason this is important is because it leads to that third thing I wanted to talk about. So first of all, I said, yes, you should be creating your own things. Second of all, I said, once you create something, you should tell people about it. And the third thing is the hardest one, which is if you want to make a living from doing that creative thing, from making things, you have to learn how to sell. And I know that's a dirty word in a lot of creative circles, but really almost every single thing that we do to make a living involves sales. Whether you're applying for a job or selling homemade lamps, sales is about telling people what you're capable of and convincing them to pay you something for that. It's reasonable that if we're creating things that are useful or enjoyable, for the people that consume them, that we would get something in return. And selling is a lot like telling people. That's why I think you need to first practice telling people about the things you've created, and then you need to practice selling people on the things you've made. And they're both learned skills. You can learn them, and you can practice them over and over and over again, and you can get better at them. One of my business heroes, Jason Fried, who started Basecamp, says, making money takes practice like playing the piano takes practice. So go out and practice. All right, it's time to say goodbye to our season two sponsor, Balsamic. They've been amazing. By now, you all know what Balsamic Mockups is all about. So for this last sponsorship, Pelly asked me to send a shout out to all the makers behind Balsamic. (laughs) So I'm going to try to read these names out. uh, And... I, I told Pelly I probably will get some of these wrong, so hopefully people laugh if I pronounce their name incorrectly. Here we go. Agnes, Andrea, Anna, Brendan, Brilly, Florian, Francesca, Jessica, Joy, Leon, Louis, Marco, Michelle, 
Mike, Natalie, pa- Paolo, Palo, Palo, <laughs> Sax, Stefano, Valerie, Virgin. Thanks so much for everything you do every day at Balsamic. Enjoy your company retreat next week. By this point, I was hoping I'd be able to tell you that Marty and I had onboarded our first customers with remoteworkers.club. That's the web application we're building this month. And everything is basically ready to go except payment processing. Now, here's kind of the cascading effect. We're going to use Stripe as our payment processor. But for us to use Stripe, we need a bank account. Now, we could just use my business bank account. But we really want to set this up for success from the beginning and not have to worry about separating things out later. And so we need to get a joint venture bank account. And when you work with computers all day and you're used to things being instantaneous and easy, you know, you can sign up for an account and get instant access, getting a bank account is so frustrating. Hello, and thank you for calling. All our representatives are currently busy speaking with other members. Please stay on the line, and an agent will be with you shortly. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, I'm wondering, I've set up uh, a joint venture account with you folks before, and I'd like to set up another one. Um, What's the process for doing that? All right, so I will transfer you over to Eric on the commercial side to discuss that. Just one moment. Perfect. I'm either assisting another member or away from my desk at the moment, but please leave me a detailed message with some contact information, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. What blows my mind about the banking industry is it literally takes 30 seconds to sign up for a Stripe account and start accepting credit cards online, but just to open up a bank account... You have to call the people. You have to leave a voicemail. That, but that fellow still hasn't gotten back to me. I left a, a message two hours ago. Then you have to book an appointment where both Marty and I can be there at the same time. We have to sign all these documents, go through this whole rigmarole just to get a bank account. In my mind, there should be no reason you can't do it online. So I'm waiting this is like the, the, these little things that you forget about or that you don't plan on or that you just try to avoid when you just want to make things. There's all this other stuff that goes along with it. So right now we're waiting to set up an appointment for a bank account so we can accept payments through Stripe so we can onboard our first customers. Ah. So while we're waiting, maybe I'll explain to you how Marty and I set up our partnership. The first thing we did was sign a partnership agreement, and I highly recommend this. Marty and I are good friends, but we still wanted to have something legal that says, here's our expectations, here's our responsibilities, here's what we're accountable for, here's what happens if this becomes profitable, here's what happens if this doesn't work out. So our agreement lays all that stuff out. All of our partnerships are set up as 50-50 partnerships, meaning if there is any profit, he gets 50% and I get 50%. The next thing we do is set up separate accounts for everything. I got some really good advice early on that if you're starting a joint venture, make everything separate. Don't add, you know, onto your existing accounts. 
do it separate. So if you ever need to sell your shares or you guys decide to sell the company or whatever, it's really clearly separated in its own space. So separate email addresses, separate domain names, separate web hosting, separate Stripe account, all of that is separated out, put into its own container. And because this is a software project, we are using project management software. Uh, Right now we're using Sprintly. We started a new project. We track all of our tasks in there. And finally, we have a dedicated Slack channel that we use to talk about this particular project. And I think that's pretty much it. If you have questions about how we've set things up as partners, just email us at hey at remoteworkers.club. Season two is not over yet. We still have more episodes coming up, including the launch of remoteworkers.club. Marty and I are still working away at that, still working at getting those first customers onboarded. That is coming up in May, as well as some of the projects in our crowdfunding campaign. Uh, A bunch of folks went to sponsor.megamaker.co and sponsored projects like the Mystery Box and the Megamaker Zine and a new app called Upstarter. That's all coming in May, so stay tuned for that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin. Our theme music is by striker-metal.com, and our podcast is hosted by simplecast.fm. You might still have time to go to Balsamic and get $10 off Balsamic Desktop 3. Use the code MEGAMAKER, and I will see you next episode on Wednesday.